0: Hey, welcome to Sober Pop, where the conversation always pops. Come hang out with us every Wednesday at 6 p.m. Pacific on the Sober Pop Clubhouse, where we talk about all things sober pop culture. If you don't have the Clubhouse app or you miss our live chat, you can catch the replay on all your favorite places to consume a podcast or at thesobercurator.com. I think I have something for this. Hold on.
1: Yeah. yes brooke i love all i love all the sound effects that you bring to the table we need to like hello i'm so excited to talk travel
0: we need to start making a theme song for uh, for this chat too so we can play it while we're waiting
1: um we definitely need a, a theme song for this for i don't this know room. who you're
2: talking to because you to be talking to yourself brooke we know how good you are at theme songs, so we give you all we're Basically I give you permission to make this a theme song and for me to sing along with it. Great. Amazing.
1: I feel like it should be easy because it's like pop a pop song, Sober Pop. Like I think
2: Oh yeah. I think it should be
1: relatively easy. What's that dirty? Welcome pop song? Kylie and Pat and Madison. Madison, what dress are you wearing in that picture? It looks lovely.
0: Oh man. Now this whole time I'm just gonna be thinking of parody songs from <laughs> Sober Pop. <laughs>
1: And just like that, we lost Brooke.
0: Uh, it's so good to hear your oh, voice, Elise. Hey, Madison. You're in Portland.
1: I'm gonna give you a follow. I love Portland. Um, yeah, I'm gonna be talking very limited this evening, but you gals chat enough without me. It'll be fine. And Tonics Mocktails is also not gonna be here. We do not have a designated mocktail of the week this week. Um, Because when you're traveling, you're on the go and you just have to drink whatever's there.
2: So how do you like that spin? I'm a fan of that. That's great. (laughs) Wrong sound effects. Oh my God.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad you didn't make like a farting sound or something or like a booing or like a... Oops. Pull me off the stage. That would have been embarrassing.
2: We need Missing May so we can get that DJ. DJ. DJ, DJ,
0: DJ. Yeah. Yeah, feel free to ping anyone into the room that you think would like this chat too. while we're waiting.
1: Did you guys see the updates that Clubhouse has? You can now see the calendar of events in the club, which is like brilliant because wait, Look what does time- that mean? Explain that to me. If you go to the club page, it'll show you the events that the club has lined up, which was not like that before.
3: Cool.
4: Not like that
1: before. Okay. Hey, Brandon. Good to see you, buddy. Hi, Brandon. Hi. Let's get started for this week's Sober Pop. My name is Elise. I'm the founder of The Sober Curator, and I am going to be a silent moderator this evening because I'm a bit under the weather. But your leaders for the night will be Katie Mack and Brooke and Lisa. I will let them each introduce themselves. And tonight we are talking sober travel. But before we get to that, because I'm worried she won't tout herself, I need everybody to know that Katie Mack has been nominated for not one, but two Webby Awards. You guys, this is like the biggest fucking deal ever. So I'm going to get all the... yeah. Yes, fucking sober podcast to get into mainstream media and be nominated in two podcast categories one for limited best series and one for best writing is incredible you guys the people that she's up against are like super famous people like it's amazing so the voting is now until may six and right now she's in fourth place and so i'm going to put out all the information in all the places on where to vote um, but if you will all just go vote in each category yes it's going to ask for your email address but vote and then you can then you can un- unsubscribe um, but we really need um to bring recovery into mainstream and this this is our opportunity to, to do that so with that i'm going to stop yapping and i'm going to let the travel
2: ladies take over for the evening as we talk about sober travel.
0: Thanks so much, Elise. Uh, hi, guys. My name is Brooke. I'm one of the moderators here tonight, and I am the host of, one of the hosts of Seek Purpose, the podcast and co-founder of Seek Purpose Collective. We talk about finding purpose after addiction. So if you guys are interested in podcasts, um, definitely go check out Katie Max because it's fucking amazing and uh, also Seek Purpose. And yeah, we're o- always open to collabs as-, as well. So send us a message if you are looking to get on the show, uh, want to share your story on a blog, whatever it is. We definitely would love to chat. And uh, I am beyond excited for Katie Mack and her Webby Awards. Um, Yeah, this is just a great year for recovery. So many cool things are happening. Um, And thank you everyone who, who joined us for Just for 24. We were talking about that on the last few weeks. We had a blast. It was amazing. And I can just see this movement, this recovery movement really taking off. So thank you so much for having me here. And Katie Mack, you want to introduce yourself?
2: Oh, my God, my face hurts. You guys, I don't know if I've smiled this hard ever. No, I smile a lot. But this is incredible. Thank you so much for being so supportive. I mean, um, I'm coming off a wild Saturday from Just for 24, and just... Uh, watching you guys crush, Suzanne and Brooke, crush the live-a-thon. Um, and, of, oh, and Martha, I didn't see you there, Martha's And, and I mean, you guys got to go back and look at all those videos. If you don't watch the live-a-thon, then, y- you know, I, I don't, you you need to take a bubble bath and watch the live That's It's a prescriptive thing I'm saying to you. But uh, my name is Katie Mack. I'm the uh, creator of Fucking Sober podcast. It's a narrative podcast about the first 90 days of getting sober. And I just love people in recovery and there's so
3: much (laughs) Brooke just said there's so many exciting things going on but my favorite time of the week is hanging out in this room and talking about being sober and being normal and
2: I can't I have so much to contribute um per usual right I'm so chatty but I have so much to contribute about traveling because y'all know I'm on my heartbreak tour and I'm now in a new location and um man just recovery and sobriety all over the country and uh I want to hear about other people's travels, good and bad. And I just fucking love this room. Oh, okay, I'm running away.
0: Thank you, Mac. Lisa, you are our guest for this evening talking about sober travel. Do you want to share with us your experience traveling sober and what we can expect tonight?
5: Hey, Brooke. Thank you. Congratulations, Katie Max. So I'm thrilled to be here talking about my absolute favorite subject. Um, I'm Lisa. So I'm the co-founder of the Sober Curator. I've been working with Elise on this project for a while. It is another one of my passion projects because what a trip is our travel section. Um, and although we started this right before the pandemic and we can't add to it as we really want to, um, that is so important to me that we have a way, you know, to make people know that, life and sobriety is interesting. And part of that is that you can travel to those places um, that you used to go when you were drinking. One of my first trips sober was to New Orleans. So I hope tonight we can talk about, you know, some of the differences between, you know, maybe traveling sober, not sober, and um, some of the experiences we've had, because for me, everything's much more vivid, much more bright, I actually have memories that I can hold on to. And, um, and that is such a it's a gift. And then the other thing is, you know, what's it like to go to meetings in other places and other countries? Because that is a trip in itself. So glad to be here and looking forward to hearing all of your experiences.
0: Love it. Uh, why don't we start with Suzanne tonight? Do you want to share a sober traveling experience? Hi, friend, Suzanne here. on. The-
4: Sober travel, I did a lot of considering I sobered up so young, Um, you know, as a party girl in my 20s. I never had money left over to travel anywhere. In fact, part of uh, the downfall of my drinking was and knowing that maybe I had a problem was when I canceled out on my girlfriend who thought I was coming to New Zealand for a year and I lied the point. Right up at the airport, she was waiting for me, thinking I was going to get off some plane. <laughs> so, uh, thank goodness I don't have to live with those lies. And um, the traveling that I've done sober is actually quite a bit. And most favorite place I love to go. And the first place I really experienced um, having a vacation was Las Vegas. And most people are like, "What? why would you want to go to Las Vegas sober? Well, <laughs> I don't know what it's like drinking there but sober it was it is amazing. I've been there probably a dozen or more times in my sobriety. Um I've taken my family, my kids, uh it is something that uh the meetings there are sensational. Um I think that was when I first experienced um being able to get friendships from going to support meetings Um, outside of home and uh, maintain some of those friendships for quite a while. And uh, from just going to the meetings and then, you know, touching base when I was coming back into town and hitting them up again, it was really great. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to lots of places. I've been to Hawaii. Uh, One of my favorite places to go to a support meeting um, would definitely be, be, if anybody's been to Hawaii, it's, uh, I think it was the, I don't know. Does anybody know? Has anybody been to Hawaii? The crazy coconut meeting in the morning uh, on the beach in the sunset it is unreal the meetings there in hawaii and i did a lot of uh, meetings there i've been to oh my gosh we're having them in san diego in palm springs um jamaica that was a little bit more difficult trying to find a bill w meeting uh in jamaica i'm not gonna lie but thank goodness i had my son uh and my husband and i and we managed to have a little mini big book um meeting in the hotel which was awesome and uh, the other place that for sure that I um, loved to uh, visit was California Disneyland and those meetings were a little different because they had a difficult time with 7th tradition at their support meetings and <laughs> they ended up having a 50-50 draw and that was a little bit difficult considering I also was recovering from gambling problem. <laughs> But anyways, my name is Dad and that's all I have to share at this point. I can't wait to hear other people's experiences when they travel and stay in sober and what was fun for them.
0: Thank you so much, Suzanne. I actually relate to that a lot. I didn't do any traveling at all before I got sober. My first uh, plane ride was to an all inclusive resort in Mexico, and I was four months sober. And yeah, I had no idea what I was doing, but I feel like I was lucky because I didn't have anything to compare it to. So I'd never been to an all inclusive resort where I could drink the whole time. And uh, I was also doing a crazy diet at the time. I did the Bernstein program, so I couldn't really eat anything. And it was like, all you can eat, all you can drink. And I wasn't eating or drinking much of what they had to offer. So it was a cool experience. So um, yeah, my higher power definitely stepped in because I had a girl from my step group actually in the same hotel as me that week, just by chance. Um, She was there. So we got to connect and, and have meetings. And I found it absolutely amazing just to be able to be present and really wake up without a hangover, barely any anxiety which is something I really struggled with before I got sober and uh yeah it was amazing definitely recommend sober travel um Martha I would like to share a story with us oh my goodness I
3: have like the best story um so I did a lot of travel I uh I was drinking um you know I got to travel Europe and Mexico and All that stuff and had some really crazy trips. I mean, I'm like, you know, like just some insane night in London where I crashed a Rolling Stones party and then ended up like, like, and that stuff was all crazy and good at whatever it was. Um, You know, it was my 20s. But then I got sober and travel was really scary to me um, because it had always been something I loved to do. But it was also like I would go on trips and leave with like pancreatitis. <laughs> like I would drink my face off and there was always I would come back broke. And, you know, I injured myself on several vacations because I was intoxicated On the first day, (laughs) so um, my first sober travel experience that I just absolutely, it was just perfect, was I had, I went to Alaska to visit my family, and I was with my son, and I just kind of was getting bored, because we had been there for a month. And I checked it out, and flights to Hawaii were really cheap. And I just booked a solo trip to Hawaii by myself. I was a little scared because I was only about six or seven months sober. And I was also by myself. (laughs) So, um, you know, there was the whole flight. I had done the flight to Alaska with my son. So the not drinking part on the way there was like, well, my son's with me, but this was absolutely by myself. Um, Anchorage to, um, I think go to Maui. I went to another Island. But anyway, um, I got there and I had booked. So I was really proud of myself for not drinking on the flight or not drinking in the airport. And, honestly I probably could have got away with it if I wanted to because I was by myself so it was a real test you know like am I actually gonna do this and so I made the flight I was like okay hurdle number one done and I had intentionally booked a um so they were like kind of like Cabins, like little duplex cabin kind of things. And I had intentionally booked the one as far away from everybody as possible. I show up to check in and they go, Oh, Miss Duke, we upgraded you to the suite across from the pool and the cabana bar. And I was like, You did what? Like, I was like, I, This whole plan was for me to not be anywhere near this stuff, but okay. And I got there and I look and the tiki bar was like 25 steps from my front door. door. And I was like, oh my gosh, there was this fear that it was going to be like people there all night and I was going to have to hear it. But luckily it was a really chill place. And it was a family resort, so um, they closed up shop early. you know, um but I just remember about that trip I was just it was just about serenity for me and hanging out on the beach and I'm if anybody follows me, you know, I really love my bikinis, and I got to wear every single one of my bikinis and take great pictures. And wake up at 6 a.m. and watch the sunrise. And But my favorite day was there was a really bad rainstorm. And I had all the windows open. And I was laying in bed naked watching forensic files and eating room service. And just was like, this is my essence. And it was fabulous. And... I just left that vacation, got on the plane. And I think that was just really just laid this foundation of you can do this. Like this is, you're not losing anything, you're gaining. And it was such a pivotal moment for me to be able to go and you know, avoid the temptations and handle the flight. And just, I was so happy. And after that, I got the travel bug and I was traveling with my son. And I've been to so many different cities and met so many of my sober friends. And I love the community because no matter where I go, there is somebody that is sober that I can find. So, um, yeah, it's been amazing. And I love sober travel and I actually love solo travel. So both of those are great. But that is my
0: fantabulous story. (laughs) Thanks so much, Martha. Back, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say, I was so glad you asked, Martha. I knew she was going to have some story. It was like, you know, it's, it's like, and the higher power just sort of like upgrading you, but it's not being like the, up. that's not the upgrade I want, but then, you know, making a true adventure of it. I love hearing people talk about how they really loved their vacations. I mean, I never loved anything when I was drinking except for, I guess, drinking and using. And travel for me is just not anything I was ever interested in. But I uh I, I kind of want to hear from Missing May. I think May may have gone on a trip for their birthday. Um, I wanna hear about some of your travel adventures.
6: Hi, everyone. Um, I think the topic is about sober travel. Um, Well, as far as my birthday, I really didn't do long distance travel this year. Um, kind of stayed around in my pocket in Washington state and really, uh, seized the opportunity to be outside. Um, and took up, took in nature and a couple of close friends. So it was really super intimate. And it, uh, ironically was with a friend who is my oldest friend from high school. Um, so she, we've been friends for almost 30 years now. And she's kind of new to knowing the sober maid. So it was a pretty interesting experience to have that conversation with her from, you know, with someone who kind of knows everything about me. Um, this was a new part of our relationship that we were able to uh, deepen on. But I mean, as far as like sober travel, I love traveling. Um, most of my life if uh, at the drinking age there was always alcohol involved Um, one of the things that I'm going to need to recreate as I you know start traveling again is the whole airport experience Um, I'm all about that airport bar so that's going to be a new one to explore Um, but I was able to take one trip uh, in early sobriety, so it's the end of 2019, um, to Hawaii, which is which is also home. Um, so it had an extra layer you know, going back to the beginning and then going on vacation as this as a vacation, visiting family and being completely sober. Um and then on top of that I had a couple of DJ friends. From the scene, who surprised me um, and my partner that they were going to join us on the trip. So I was going to be uh, the tour guide as well as kind of show and host them uh, to have a good time in at home. So that that was really interesting. They you know got to know me as a sober person, um, and I was about four months in to sobriety. So. I really had to ground and you know, it, it, it's kind of like recreating those experiences where a lot of it was a blur, but here I am with a, a clear mind um, trying to be healthy, recreating these experiences again so that I have a new memory of what that feels like. Um, Yeah. And I mean, since then I haven't been on a plane, but, I'm looking forward to it. And, um, you know, just to even take it back in like my first month in, into sobriety, I actually had a vacation book to Mexico where it was all inclusive. So, you know, there was debauchery, um, on the itinerary, itinerary there. So, um, I really had to think you know, I, is this trip really worth it for me? So we ended up canceling that one. So, but I, I still want to go see Mexico. I've never been. Um, I've heard it's beautiful. So that, you know, possibly will be down the line.
5: May, if I could just add to what you just said, I love what you said. Um, I think it's so important for us as sober people to listen to our instincts. Um, I made a really, you know, a mistake with my trip to Key West. Um, I thought I wanted to be there for my friend's 60th birthday, and that was important to me. But, I mean, there is absolutely nothing to do in Key West except for drink. (laughs) And I thought twice about it. I was like, maybe I'm not going to enjoy this. Like, I do want to be with my friends, but this might not be the
6: right place for me.
5: But I went anyway, and I was absolutely (laughs) regretting every minute minute of it because they were absolutely taking advantage of all the all inclusive And I was the odd man out. Um, I did find peace in the sunsets and the water, but I think that's important, you know, that we might shift our priorities and our playmates and our places. And I think that's really cool that you're able to do that.
2: Oh, I love that. Lisa, thank you so much for piggybacking on that, because I love the idea of kind of weighing who you are and what you're going through. And if uprooting the things that are grounding you, um, it's going to be a triggering thing. Or like you said, Lisa, for you, um, you know, your obligations to make somebody else feel comfortable, um, going to be triggering for you. And, you know, for me, when it, when it comes to my drinking and drugging, I didn't take trips because I didn't want to be in a position where I couldn't get the things that I needed at the time. And, uh, I also thought, I thought there was no point to it. And I never really thought about, you know, now that I'm sober, I, I lo- I'm, I'm, for the first time in my life, and enjoying going from A to B. I, I'm on a road trip right now, um, and I could never do this. I could never in a million years have done this if I was using, because if, I, I, if I'm if i driving for eight hours, you know I'm about to have that lunch beer. You know, I'm someone who has two DUIs and by the grace of God, hasn't killed herself yet um, in a car. And um, it's, it's wild to me the, the opportunities that sobriety has allowed me and the joy Right. Even driving hungover was so awful, or, you know, and I so identify with everyone talking about the airports. I mean, I don't dress up, but I used to have the ritual of dressing up to then drink my $17 martinis to then continue to drink on the plane to, to, you know, buddy up with the, um, uh, the uh, flight attendant, you know, give a little wink, you know, I'm special. Um, the amount of drinking that I've done on a plane is, is so aggressive. Um and, and I it, it's only to get from A to B. And just turns out you guys I just have a, a little bit of travel anxiety and I and that's and it's totally confrontable. Uh, versus just getting totally and completely smashed, barely being able to make it onto a plane, falling asleep on a plane, you know, meeting weird friends on planes. Um, yeah, just the, the the travel adventures drinking, not nearly as fun as I'm having such a good time in my current travel adventure. I bet, uh, I I'm, I'm looking at Laura who joined us. Laura, do you have any good travel stories or is there a favorite place that you and your correct me, um, is it 13 years of sobriety that, um, you know, you've really enjoyed and would go back to, I want to hear about a location I should go <laughs> back to and why. Okay. Well, I was just
7: listening to you, Mac, um, about being, uh, always having alcohol in airports and on the plane and you too, may Ironically, yeah, 13 years in July it'll be 14. And ironically, I've actually never drank on a plane. Um, I didn't, I don't think I had the opportunity. (laughs) It just never happened. But um, I, I've been to so many places in sobriety and, you know, in early, early sobriety. And then, you know, a little more recently, um, international travel as well as as well as domestic travel and I I actually I really do love domestic travel but some of my favorite places well I was in relatively early sobriety when I went to Italy for my best friend's wedding her dad's Italian from a little tiny town and they had the wedding there and of course like everything it was wine country everything is all around the gorgeous vineyards and I mean there was just so much drinking there and there weren't I mean, if if you people know me, uh, it's that I love me and zero proof beverages, and uh, and there weren't any around in in wine country in Italy, but also just like that time was, you know, 2010 or something, and just the industry hadn't really developed yet, so there just weren't that many options. But I mean, I was able to enjoy um, the trip. Uh, I had a few years under my belt so I felt pretty confident. Um, But it was still, you know, still a bit of a challenge being right smack dab in the middle of wine country. Um, But I've had um, one of my most memorable trips in sobriety um, was uh, a She Recovers retreat um, in Bali, Indonesia, um, which was in like fall of 2017, and um, it was not a good financial decision for me to make. But I don't care because I went, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And um, I made the big boo boo of not checking. I thought my passport had at least six months on it. Um, and <laughs> shit, turns out I looked at my pass because when you when you buy the ticket. Um, for an international trip, like it doesn't ask, it does ha- have you put your passport number in, but it doesn't give you any kind of flag. And so long story short, I checked my passport the day of my trip and realized that I couldn't go because I didn't have enough time on my passport for Indonesia's travel requirements. And it was a whole thing. Oh my God. I was able to change the retreat to the next week and get a new passport and lots of money was spent on flights changes and cancellations and all of that. But when I finally got to Bali 24 hours after first embarking on a plane, because it is a long ass time to get there. It was just so magical. Um, I'm babbling. I really feel like I'm babbling. But um, (laughs) I love traveling. I love being sober. And I think it's such a great way to explore a new place, um, being fully present and fully aware and just really able to like savor everything that's around you. And then it's also really cool to explore your own town from a different lens, from a different perspective. Like try, try touring around like you are a tourist um, touring around like you're a tourist. That's like the department of redundancy department. Um, I mean, just like enjoy a place that you live in as if you were a tourist. And I think there's something really kind of um, fun and playful about that and you can discover a lot that you might not normally see um, because you just take things for granted. I'm not pointing my finger at anyone here just like people take things (laughs) for
3: granted Laura Laura, if I could piggyback on that living in New York City so many of my sober friends from the Instagram world visit New York and I love playing tour guide like sober tour guide like I'm like I will definitely take you to the place with the best mocktails and I'm totally down to check out some museums and there's all kinds of weird stuff you can do here. Like, I don't know. there There's this place where you can just go smash stuff if you want to go smash things. Like, and when I think about my travels when I drank, you know, I do have, like, I won't lie. I have crazy stories, but that's just me. Um But the common denominator is, like, it was all around drinking. And I've had people visit New York. And funnily enough, as much as I love my trip to Hawaii, a friend of mine from Hawaii visited New York and was like, I, I need a meeting. And I went with her to an AA meeting here in New York. So it was neat to experience someone else um joining in a recovery meeting that was outside of their home group and that was a neat experience and I was really happy to be a part of that so anybody who ever travels New York City like hit me up I'll send you a dope list of really cool places to check out or just Rent a city bike and go up and down the West side highway and see some sick views. Like walk the Brooklyn bridge. Like there's so much to do here. And when I realized I spent, you know, I've lived here 13 years and I've only been sober three of them. I spent 10 years just doing boozy brunches and clubs. Like there's more to this city. There's so much more to it. So I love that concept of explore your own city.
7: Yes. Amen. I have to say the offer stands for Dallas too. Like if anyone wants to come
5: visit me in Dallas, I'm happy to be your guide. If there's more Dallas than you know. um, (laughs)
3: Lisa, I am in love with McKinney, Texas. Outside of Dallas. That's one of my favorite sober spots to visit. There's so many sober people there.
5: Awesome. Um, One thing I want to touch on, Laura, what you said about going places that we would have never gone before in sobriety. So I've done that twice. Um, I went to Antarctica. Like I just snuck it in right before the pandemic. And so I was there in February. Um, And I would have never gone there because there's no bars, there's no hotels, there's no restaurants. Like you go on a boat and you get dropped off on an island and you look at nature. Like that is not. Something I would have done, but it was the most majestic, beautiful place I have ever been. And I would have never had that experience if I was still in my drinking and my disease. Um, and so that was a gift. And then the other thing is, we started a New Year's Eve tradition this year. I spent New Year's Eve in Sedona. Like all there is there are, is nature too. Like we hiked. Um, and what we did was we saw the last sunrise of. Um, 2020 and the the last sunset of 2020 and the first sunrise of 2021. And we are really able to enjoy our friendship, enjoy each other, enjoy the moment and have peace. I mean, I used to have to be in New York or Miami or something like that. And it wasn't enjoyable. I had no memory of it except that, oh, yeah, I think that might have been fun. But now these experiences that I have are so rich and so beautiful. And they just mean more to me. So, I love what you said about Bali, Laura, and hopefully I get there sometime.
7: I hope you do, too, but I can't believe you've been to Antarctica. I thought only researchers could go there, so that's pretty cool.
5: Anybody can go. I'm happy to share all of my newly found knowledge of Antarctica, but that is my sixth continent. I have one more to go, and it's Australia, so I have Mm -hmm. to get there
1: soon.
7: I will go with you. I've been wanting to go since I was eight. It's on my bucket list, and I know I was super close when I went to Bali, but even from there, it's another eight-hour flight. So <laughs> when you're out in the open, like, there's just so much more space between you and the next place. <laughs> okay, I'm done talking.
1: Hey, this is Elise. I know I said I wasn't going to talk, but it's also really hard for me not to talk. So you guys know that. Um, <clears throat> but I just wanted to give a few tips about air, air airplane travel, Um, I've done quite a bit of it in my near 15 years of sobriety. I used to travel quite a bit before when I was working in my magazine life. It was a rough job, but somebody had to go to Hawaii and Palm Springs all the time out of Seattle, like every six months. And, you know, I'm just the kind of girl to take it for the team. Um, but some tips that I learned is obviously to make sure that you have a book or that you've got all your podcasts and things downloaded. Um, but there's another tip and, and even if you're not a 12 step person, this will still work for you because I too did a lot of drinking in airports and airport bars. Um, in fact, um, I actually got escorted off of a plane once, but, um, if you go up to the counter and ask, um, one of the attendants to page, um, a friend of Bill W or a friend of Bill Wilson to come up to the counter, I promise you a sober person will show up to talk to you. And it is amazing. I have done it once because I needed to and then I just kind of do it sometimes for shits and giggles because I don't know sometimes it's a long wait and I want somebody to talk to you but it totally works it's not embarrassing because most people just think that you're asking for a Bill Wilson um, and I suppose on an off chance a real guy named Bill Wilson could come up but um, I guess you'd get a story out of that too so um, that's my tip on airplane travel um, and I would also like to say traveling with a sober buddy is incredible. Lisa and I took a trip to the middle of nowhere, Texas. I had always wanted to go to Marfa, Texas to see the Prada store. That's not really a store. It's an art installation in the middle of nowhere. And Lisa was finally my person that I said that to. And she was like, I want to do it too. And so um, we met in, I think we met in El Paso. And um, and we drove the three hours to the middle of nowhere, Um, and we had a great time minus the food poisoning that I got that almost took me out. But other than that, it was an incredible, fun, artsy town. We took a bajillion pictures and it's just so fun to travel with another sober person because then like you just, there's, it's just easy, you know, it's just easy. And we went to a meeting there and, um, I just, I love traveling with sober people. It's just so much fun. That's, I'm talking now.
3: If anybody PTRs, you can see a picture of me with my very special uh pina coladas that the cabana people made me because I became a fixture there drinking my virgin pina coladas and they made me a little special um little pineapple dude i named wilson since i was by myself on an island and i was like give me a wilson um so kind of one thing i've learned um you know like i said i got that weird upgrade where they're like they thought i'd be excited about being in the middle of the resort (laughs) i'm like oh whatever i'm rolling with it but um you know, I've done it a lot where I just get to know the bartenders. They know that I don't drink, and they they have fun with it. And, you know, I'm still my fun outgoing self, and, you know, it's a good time. It's a good time. But I say, uh, you know, find you find you – if you find yourself at, like, one of these resort-type places that has a bar, just – You know, make a couple buddies with the uh, staff that know your situation and might help you out, you know? I know they helped me out because one guy kept trying to buy me drinks. (laughs) And I was like, you can let them do it so you can get a better tip, but, like, bring me water. (laughs)
4: I, I'd like to bring up something, too. Thanks, Elise, for bringing that up about the airports. Um, even though uh, the cruises aren't open yet, uh, using the same name, if you look at the itineraries that are in uh, in your rooms on cruise ships, uh, there's not one cruise ship that doesn't have a support meeting uh, happening every day on your ship. And I definitely have experienced that, which is a lot of fun. And the other thing I wanted to bring up, too, because, of you know, Sometimes in recovery, you can't really afford like these lavish trips and, you know, your beginning. It's like, how do you travel? How do you get out? Um, and uh, I tried to bring my son tonight, but he is a world traveler and influencer. He's actually doing a shoot tonight, but maybe next time we talk travel. Uh, and he has some travel guides that you can actually just, you know, grab a lunch and a backpack and experience some incredible um experiences within um your own um city and uh he's definitely done a lot of travel on the west coast here uh he has a travel guide for portland and these amazing hot springs and you know a lot of times when you look on these uh instagram posts on travel the locations aren't given from some of these influencers to protect the area um up here in Vancouver, there is a place called Jones Lake, or not in Vancouver, outside of Squamish. And I guess it just went mayhem and the garbage. And unfortunately, people just don't respect the area. Um, and it's pretty sad. But there's a lot of really beautiful places that um, you know he's uh, made available uh, in Oregon, down the coast in Washington, and then also here in BC But and Banff. Uh, but yeah, traveling, outdoors, hiking. You know, uh, grabbing a sober friend and grabbing a sponsee or somebody else that's just kind of struggling and, you know, getting them out is also a really great experience uh, to travel in a different way and inexpensive. Suzanne, I just want to piggyback on that,
3: um, I have a best friend of mine who I used to go visit her and the trip always ended badly because I would get black out and we would get in a fight and it wouldn't be great, but we've been best friends for 20 years. So she'd forgive me. But once I got sober, I started making weekend trips down to see her and we would just like do puzzles together and go to Hobby Lobby and do craft and she finally she reached out to me and she said Martha I feel like you're the only person that comes to visit me to see me and not as an excuse to party in Louisville because um, you know she lives in Louisville and Louisville does have kind of a crazy nightlife and she doesn't party anymore and I don't either so the time we get to spend together is precious to us, and it's really inexpensive. It's really like a flight and a puzzle, and we're happy, you know, just having each other's company.
4: I think it's kind of cool when you're sober and being able to just to, you know, have more of a unfogged mind, being creative, uh, especially now during COVID. You know, I think that's been really difficult for a lot of people who have loved to travel, like. Um, you know, many of us on the panel have traveled, but, you know, those that are sober now that want to travel that have restrictions. So, you know, being creative within your home. um, I think somebody was talking about tents last week, making a tent in your home. I don't know who it was, but, you know, just uh, experiencing travel and yeah, being creative on having some fun in recovery. Travel day, Beth. Yeah. Does
3: anyone else like casinos sober? Just wondering.
2: Oh my dear lord, yes, but I I see Pat trying to sneak in. Yeah, go ahead, Pat.
8: Thanks, Mac. Um, Yeah, uh, good, uh, good segue because I was going to share that I got sober in 2017, and uh, I think it was about six, seven months into my sobriety, I had I had gotten a new job in sobriety and was. Uh, showing to be uh, reliable and they asked me to attend the wine and spirits wholesalers convention in Las Vegas, not knowing my story um, I'd always been in in the agency uh, food brokerage business but not that category so I went and I enjoyed Vegas like I never had before i uh, you know I'd stayed in nice rooms before, but I'd never. Uh, done anything but be passed out in them. So I was able to enjoy a beautiful hotel room for, for, for that. I got to several meetings while I was out there, which was great to learn because since then I've traveled so much more for work and I've gone to meetings in San Francisco and New York and all the major cities. And that's just a great thing to do. Uh, to, to, to hear stories that you, you know, you, you go to your home groups or your groups at home and, and you hear stories from people you know and you get a little salty about the delivery. But, but when you hear from somebody new, it's, it always lands on your ears fresh. So it's great to, to go to meetings uh, in other towns as you travel. The other thing about travel that just floored me was just sitting in an airport not hungover. And that was just such a new experience. And, and I appreciated so much not being rushed out of breath. Um, Heart beating and hungover, Um, and then leaving that trip in Vegas. You know, you leave Vegas and you see a lot of people with their heads down and clearly not feeling great. And I, you know, I felt like a million bucks, which was not my usual experience. My one of my experiences in Vegas prior to that was in 2007. I went and saw Prince when he had a residency out there, Uh, and he went on so far past the time he was supposed to go on. That we were so drunk, I don't even remember the performance and left before it was over. So that's, you know, that's a that's a, a pretty posh consequence of my drinking. But uh, I know now, thanks that my you know my sponsors weigh into seeing live music. That I I've gone to see so much live music in sobriety, and it's just such a a you know a, a treasured experience. It was what was shared earlier is that what I was missing uh, in that drunken blur of travel before was really making connection and memory because I wasn't making connection and memory before that. Um, and it's nice to actually be, be present, whether it's work, travel or travel for pleasure. It's just, uh, it's, it's nice to be uh, paying attention to life and people and and what's around me. I'm out. I love that, Pat, what you shared. Um,
5: it's interesting about meetings in other countries or cities. I went to Bosnia um, with my family and some friends and it was kind of like a faith trip. And we were going to all these different sites. Um, But I looked at the meeting and there was a meeting in this kind of Catholic huge epicenter, which is very rare. Um, But I went to the place, I set up, I, I left my family and I was there by myself waiting. And, the door was locked. So I was like, Oh, gosh, like maybe I got the wrong time or something, but I needed a meeting. And my family was driving me crazy. And this one girl showed up and she happened to be American and speak English. And she was like, I really need a meeting. And we're like looking for it. And I was like, Well, there isn't one. So let's just have one. And so we talked to each other about what was bothering us, what we should do. And we left that meeting so serene. It was just the two of us. But that is something so cool about our program. like We have it wherever we go. And we can make instant friends. I mean, we met out the night after to have dinner. I mean, it was just super
2: cool. So I think that's a gift that we have in this fur too. For sure. I'm I, floored by that. That's so beautiful.
0: Yeah, I'm getting really... I think- really antsy i want to travel so bad um i just quickly want to reset the room and then lisa i want you to take it away i want to hear lots more stories i'm living vicariously through all of this right now Um, but i want to let everyone know that we are recording this tonight so just a heads up if you do not want to be recorded please let me know get in touch with me Um, But we are talking about sober travel tonight. I'm having a blast with all of you. And uh, this is Sober Pop. We do this every Wednesday evening at 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Elise, the sober curator, had this brilliant idea, brought us all together, um, and Lisa as well. And it's just been so much fun. So we hope that you guys keep coming back and sharing your stories. And um, yeah, Lisa, tell us more about your sober travels.
5: Well, as I mentioned in the beginning, my very first sober trip was with some of my um, friends at Bill W. They were much older than me. And we went to New Orleans because I call up my make a whiz for my um, senior friend because she's from New Orleans. And she just said, I really want to get to the quarter just one more time. If I could just make it back to the front quarter one more time. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I can't go to New Orleans. Like, I actually mourned New York City and New Orleans because I was like, "There's no way I can go there sober." And I was new in sobriety, like maybe six months. Um, but we went because you know I wanted to make her happy, and she had done so much for me. And you know, the whole time I was drinking, like I didn't have a lot of money. I just went to New Orleans on the cheap. I mean, I think our hotel had like, you know, our rooms didn't even lock. We ended up in some other person's room one night. But um, anyway, that's another story. But I always wanted that French Quarter balcony. I was like, if I could just get up there, like that's when you really make it. If you could look down on Bourbon Street and see the beads. And, and it's so funny because these ladies had, had a cash, and we got that suite over Bourbon Street. Like I was on the balcony and I was sober and it was eight o'clock and they were in bed and I was by myself. <laughs> this isn't that big of a deal. And so it was just such a shift in perspective. I was like, this is what I thought was cool. And I was like, and I'm experiencing it in such a different way. I went to church the next morning in New Orleans, um, Jackson Square, and I had this beautiful moment, you know, between me and my God. And I just, I don't know, it's, it's ironic that that was my first trip and that that was the experience I had. Finally, got my wish, but I was sober and it was way different and way better. So that's one for you. Um, I'll let anybody else share if they have some stories
3: to leave us with. I, that sounds to me like going to Pride in New York sober. Because I heard like Pride Week was, I live in Hell's Kitchen, so Pride Week is just like insanity. But I walked through Pride and did all the Pride Week stuff. Um, sober and it was it was cool cuz i remembered it all and i could remember all the floats and all the cool stuff that was going on
2: uh lisa i i mean i i love it it was exactly my thing i i I, n- I never thought i could go to these places because i knew that i had to drink in order to enjoy it and then one day a uh, flip switch and i went to new orleans super joked about being sober i was so excited and for about five seconds as i'm, I'm walking around you know and, the, and the, you know the the pandemic sort of also of course is changing travel it has changed travel but i'm walking around and i'm watching everyone drink outside and i for, for like a split second i just felt a little oh man i sort of wish i was and then as i'm thinking that i check up a conversation who with a guy who's telling um jokes for a dollar and he tells me the best place to go get something to eat. And this is something I thought about, too. Um, you know, I, I never cared about eating when I was using. Why would I care about eating? This, You know, I'm not interested in it. So the idea that now someone could tell me, this local guy could now tell me it's the best place to go get, you know, a, a po' boy. And then, you know, I go there and then I start talking with some people and then I drink, you know, duels in the street. And just the moment I started to have some of that self-pity. I just picked my head up and and, the, and God showed me that, oh yeah, no, no, this is actually way more fun this way. And again, for me, I actually, I traveled a lot when I was um, drinking accidentally. I uh, ended up in places, I, I ended up in different countries. I ended up in random states. I ended up all over the country, unable to enjoy it. I didn't even mean to go there. So, you know, I'm making up for my accidental uh, travel with intentional travel. I don't know if any of you guys can identify with that.
3: Oh, girl, I can. Um, I had, I don't know, I was leaving Sturgis, and I had met Big Kenny from Big and Rich. His people changed my ticket in the airport. All my luggage was going to New York, and I ended up in Nashville with nothing but a pair of blue suede cowboy boots my jeans and like I kept borrowing like clothes from people, and I was like, my luggage will be in New York when I get there. Like that was insanity. It was like, how have I ended up in another state? One time I ended up in Canada, you know, go Canada, but you know, I I I don't recall how, you know getting there. One of the
8: other um surprising, maybe not surprising, but added benefits of going to a football game or a concert or a ski trip, what have you, is you can do all that, remember it all, and have it be far less expensive than than it would be otherwise. And it's, it's just a, a nice fringe benefit of sobriety.
0: Yeah, there's also some really cool sober events that happen all over the world. Um, I know Elise was talking about the Mariners game that happens out in Seattle. Like, I really want to go check that out. There's a ton of um, conferences and stuff in Vegas, like Suzanne was saying. Like, I just, um, it's really, and also, oh, the guy who was on here before, what was his company, Sober as Fuck Entertainment or something? They they pop up with uh, sober events that, in different cities. And I just see this Like, or at least always says there's a swell happening, and I can really feel it. Like, the world is getting more um, convenient for us sober people, and it's just so cool to see.
3: Oh, Brooke, after um, my just 424 shenanigans in New York, everyone who attended was like, We need to get together once a month. And I'm like, Yes, yes, we do. (laughs) just for 24 (laughs) yeah we're gonna make it more than just for 24 like we so many cool people showed up and we're like why don't we hang out more (laughs) so that was an awesome benefit to that day was just connecting with other fun people
0: That is so good to hear. That's what it's all about. We really want people celebrating all over the world, whether you're sober or not, like have a blast sober. Oh my gosh, that makes my heart happy. Um, That was so fun. Is there anyone else that wants to share quickly before we wrap things up today? I think
4: that's just the last thing I just wanted to say real quick. If you are traveling or if you're planning on going someplace, I think everybody kind of said travel with a sober buddy. But I was told a long time ago to bookend anything I do that is a little different than what is the norm, which is really check in, uh, be a little bit more accountable, step up my game in my recovery. Because, you know, when I get uncomfortable, that can be triggering for me, even traveling that I think is going to be fun. So, um, yeah, I used to always make sure before I even left anywhere where I knew where my recovery sh- uh, supports were. Not so much on a telephone, but where my surroundings were. I mapped out um support meetings and different people that I could connect with that were local wherever I was to make my trip successful so I just want to throw one thing in there with
3: Suzanne is I personally have like music playlists that tend to bring like calm my anxiety, so that might be another cool tip just have. Some music or like meditations on the ready for if you start feeling squirrely. I also, it's me
1: again. I know I cannot keep my mouth shut even when I say I'm going to. Um, If you're staying at a hotel and you're concerned about the mini bar, when you make your reservation, you can ask them ahead of time to clear out the bar and just leave the good snacks like the nuts and the M&Ms
2: and the Diet Cokes. So just know that you have every right to make that request.
8: That's good advice.
3: Other thing that I learned from, um, it turns out if you claim you're a diabetic they um, are required to bring you your own mini fridge. So if you want to bring some AF beverages with you and stock your own little mini bar, you totally can.
0: That is so good to know. I can't wait to start traveling again. Ah. Uh. Um, yeah, this is a hard topic for me being an alcoholic because I love instant gratification. Like, I want to get my credit card right up right now and like start planning my next trip. Um, sorry, go ahead, Martha. I was just clapping
3: because I'm like, I have so many places I want to go. I have like the longest list at this point.
0: Yeah, it's got to happen. I cannot wait to meet all the people I've been meeting on social media and all these Zoom meetings around the world. And I feel like the day will come when we all get to be together in person. But Clubhouse is making a really cool way for us to connect in the meantime. And I've really had a blast getting to know all you guys. Um, Is there any last words? Mac, do you have anything you want to share about your awesome trip you're on like right now? Like you're making it happen in a pandemic, sober, solo. What is that like?
2: I think for me, it really is like, you know, God comes with you wherever I go. And that is my tethering, you know, that, you know, that, that, is, that is where I come back to, you know, and that is the gift of sobriety, right? I didn't have God before I did this. You know, I can't even believe I'm talking about this. I'm ridiculous, but that's what I mean. I mean all that. I, I, you know, I, uh, as many of you guys know, God, God is a qualifier named Kevin in my, uh, in my higher power. And he did, he, he, you know, generally allows me to make better decisions, uh, you know, keep calm and rational. Um, you know, for me, I'd get so worked up on all these trips, like, oh, like, just the worked up. And then I would need a drink. You know, God, it's so, so ridiculous to be so, um, you know, make drinking and drugging so important. And, you know, uh, having that in my back pocket. And then, of course, you know, still having access to all these beautiful Zoom meetings and people and, you know, trying to attend in person meetings. Oh, I, and I will say, Pat had reminded me of this. I will say that I do believe that God speaks through people with accents. I had told you guys that, and Brooke has a very beautiful, you know, Canadian accent, Suzanne, anytime they speak, I perk up. It's just not, (laughs) I have to hear the message through someone different than me. And, uh, and I, you know, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have, you know, that I wouldn't have that perspective. I, this could never happen in my life. I could never, um, leave my home. I could never take these adventures. I could never meet these people. I could never figure out who I am if I wasn't sober you know and that oh man I it's it's the greatest gift that that I could have ever been given and thanks for letting me talk about it Brooke I mean I it's it's a really special time and it's just so clear so night and day that um if I was using then you know I would I would be in my shoebox in New York City um being real sad for myself you know being real sad
3: oh you can always come over to my shoebox
2: <laughs> girl I'm coming to your shoebox I gotta bring my boots <laughs> I never, I never knew I
0: had an accent before. It's so exotic, my Canadian accent.
2: <laughs> That's it, so. It awesome. is, and, and God speaks through you, and I pay attention, just so you know.
0: Oh my gosh, I feel so like ooh. That's, that's cool. Well, back at you. I love, I I could listen to you talk about your trip all day, honestly, maybe a new podcast. I don't know. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining us here today. I am beyond thrilled to really be getting to know you guys this way. It's so cool. And make sure you check out the Sober Curator and, um. What Elise is doing is absolutely amazing. She's put all this content together. So if you want to know anything sober, pop culture, it is all there. We are recording these chats. We're not really sure exactly what's going to happen with them yet. But if you go and subscribe to her newsletter, I'm sure the information will all be on there. So please go and do that. Maybe you'll be on a podcast. We'll see what happens. Um, But that's about it. Anyone have last words? We're going to close this thing out.
3: Um, I just want to thank you guys for holding this space. And this is one of my favorite topics. So, yay.
0: Yay. Okay, I'm going to end the room. Thank you guys all for showing up here. And uh, we'll see you here next uh, Wednesday.